0: Welcome to Witness Wednesday here on the Walk Boldly with Jesus podcast. I am your host, Katherine Duggan. However, each Wednesday, I will have a guest give their witness of how God is working in their lives. Hearing how God is working in other people's lives shows us how deeply he cares for each one of us individually. Listening to these experiences will help your faith grow. I am so blessed to be able to share these with you. Let's get started. The witness today is Ginny R. Ginny gave her witness as part of a talk for the Life in the Spirit Seminar. Ginny's talk today is on God's love. She talks all about God's love and how He has so much love for us. She even does a little demonstration of that love at the end. I know you will really enjoy it. Take it away, Ginny. So my
1: job is to talk to you about God's love. Let me tell you, over the weekend when I was preparing for this, I said... microphone. microphone. (laughs) I move around, so I can't leave it in a stand. I like to give the the, um, butterflies some dancing room, so I move. Um, When I was praying over the weekend, I said, Lord, come and be fully alive in me, be manifest in me. Give me your love for the people who will be there, and guess what? He did it. He told me how much he loves you, and how much he wants you to come to know him more. So, let's talk about God's love here. I've got a list of some words here that I feel most of us would use when we describe God's love. Selfless, humble, outpouring, overflowing, sacrificial, giving, forgiving, merciful inexpressibly wonderful indescribable uncontainable boundless unchangeable always available i'm skipping some of them there's just too many incredibly extravagant limitless infinite you know what those are great words and we use them but they don't really fully describe god's love even to say god's love is infinite Let's get it straight. God's love is so infinite, it's infinitely beyond infinite. (laughs) I mean, it's exponentially infinitely beyond infinite, right? We try to take God's love and explain it in human words, and as soon as we do, we limit it. And God's love isn't limited. God's love is always there. One of the most important things we need to remember God's love is always available. Mm. Always. Whether we've been good, whether we've been bad in our opinion, or even in God's opinion, if we've done things wrong, God's love is available. God's love is for every single one of us. Just, I love that, um, inexpressibly wonderful. Mm. We can't We can't describe God's love. We can't can't contain it in any way. And then people would say to me, well, if God's love is so wonderful and so boundless and and so infinite, then how come I don't go, I don't see it out there in the world? Mm -hmm. Well, the reason we don't see it out there in the world is because people have misconceptions. Misconceptions about God's love. One of the misconceptions that they have about God's love is that you have to follow rules. It's very restricted, very restricted. And you know, I, I just don't want to be restricted like that with all these rules. Then there's people who go the other way and say, well, I know the rule. The basic rule is that we just have to love people. So I can go and love people. I really don't need God to love people. I, I can go out and love people. Um, you know, let, let somebody hurt you and then decide that you can love that person who hurt you without having God's love, without him giving you the power to forgive and to love. Another thing that they say is that God isn't somebody I can have contact with. God is taking care of the universe. He's got big jobs to do. He doesn't have time, he really doesn't have time for me. I can't bring him my little problems because he's got bigger things for other people to deal with. And that's kind of a loving thing to do, say. You know, God, take care of the other people. But God's limitless. He can take care of somebody's big problems and he can take care of your hangnail at the same time. Nothing's too big, nothing's too small, nothing's too many. We can't say he's already got too much on his plate. So, those are some of the mix- misconceptions people have. But what's the truth? The truth is that God's love is for every single person. God's love is constant. God's love is attainable. We don't need to do anything. We don't have to be perfect children in order for God to love us. Remember what the Bible says. in. Um, Romans 5, verse 8. I had to make sure I had it right. I'll say it right from my notes here so I don't paraphrase. But God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right? He didn't wait for us to be perfect children. We all follow. Sometimes we dwell in sin. And he still loves us. He still loves us. And... Another thing we need to know is that we can have that personal relationship with God. We hear a lot, and sometimes people think, well, that doesn't sound Catholic, that personal relationship. I think that's what some of those evangelical people say. Well, you know what, They, they love the same God we love. And it's true. We can have a personal relationship with God because Jesus died on that cross, not just for the whole world, Jesus died on that cross for me. He died on that cross for you. It is personal. He takes it personally. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye. You are the one he just, he adores you. He thinks of you as the best thing he ever created, but he thinks of everybody else is the best thing he ever created too. But we have to remember, we are special in God's eyes. We don't have to earn Uh, god's love lots of times we think that we have to earn god's love and one of the misconceptions comes right within the catholic church unfortunately i grew up i I hear a lot of former catholics say i had to get out of the catholic church because i couldn't stand the catholic guilt anymore how many people have heard people talk about catholic guilt catholic guilt And they say, that's all I talked about in school. The nuns, they would tell, you know, they put that Catholic guilt on us and I can't stand it. And you know what? The nuns probably put that on you because back, at least when I was in school, there were 60 kids in a class. Oh my gosh, can you imagine having 60 kids in a class nowadays? They probably had to guilt you into it so that you'd behave (laughs) it was selfish on your part. It wasn't truth. We know it's not truth because Romans 8, verse 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember that line. Next time you hear somebody talk about Catholic guilt, say, oh, no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the law of the Spirit through Christ has put an end to the law of sin and death. There goes your guilt go you your guilt. You want to get rid of your guilt? Repent to God and whoop, there you go. Guilt is gone. And you know, Jesus hung on that cross and died for us and out of love for us before we even did repent. Right? We were unrepentant sinners and He did it. So there's no one who can say, I can't get to God. I'm not on a good relation, in a good relationship with God right now. Well, anybody who's not in a good relationship with God right now, it's one-sided. You know, it's not like somebody who goes to for marriage counseling and you know, there's, there's two people involved here and you probably both have a little bit to do with it. In this relationship, we have something to do with it. God loves us. He's always pouring out his love for us. So that, that is the truth. And he, he just, he wants us to be with him. He wants to, he has a love-filled plan for our lives. Every single thing in our lives, is he's going to use the good, the bad, the ugly as stepping stones to future blessing for us.
0: Amen.
1: That's because he loves us. Every single thing. I can look back to the tough times in my life, stepping stones to future blessing. And I would rather have those tough times than never have had them and skipped out on the blessings that he gave me as a result of them. So let's talk about a story that most of you probably know that explains something about God's love. You all know the, the parable of the loving father, right? Right. Most of us think of, a, we, we call it the parable of the prodigal son, I don't call it that. Because you know who the star of the story is? The father. The father's the star. The son's not the star. The other son's not the star. The star of the story is the father. So he has this one son, who the young son. The young son comes to his father and says, you know, Dad, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to have to wait for you to die, and I'm tired of being around here, and I want to go live my life the way I want to live my life, so hand over what you're going to give to me so I can get on with living and see you later, Dad." Can you imagine the, the impact of that hurt to the father's heart? Oh. To hear your, your child say, no, I could wait for you to die, but I'm tired of waiting. You're not, you're not dying fast enough for me. So give me, give me my inheritance. He goes, isn't that really one? When you think of it, and in those days, that's really back, back in ancient times, that's the equivalent of what he was saying. So he goes off, he sins, and then the the Luke um, in, in, in the uh, Gospel of Luke, he says, he comes to his senses because he's living in a pigsty, feeding the pigs, better food than he's getting himself. He comes to his senses and he says, I know what I'll do. My father's people, uh, servants have plenty of food. They get treated so much better than I'm getting treated. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna say, Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. I'm not worthy to be your son, just let me be one of your servants. You know what? He didn't say that out of love. He wasn't saying that selflessly, selflessly, right. And he, it was not his heart talking, it was his stomach talking. His stomach was saying, I need food, and I need a better place to sleep. It was all about him. He wasn't a repentant son yet, was he? He was just saying, I want my food, I'll go back there. And so he heads back. And while he's still way far off on the horizon, His father, who's always had his eye trained on that horizon, sees his son that he's missed for years. And what does the father do? He does something that would be considered scandalous back in those days for somebody who owned a manor. He ran. They don't, the owners of the manors didn't run. They had servants to do that, to do their running for them. He ran. He brought himself down so that he could go to his son. And if you read that chapter in Luke, it will also tell you that the father embraced and kissed the son before the son even got a chance to say, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you. His love was free for that boy. That young man who, who made a mess of things, his father's love. even though he had the impact of that hurt, he didn't let the impact of that hurt affect his heart of love. God does the same thing. We hurt him. We impact his heart. Terrible. Think of how we impacted his heart when um, Jesus was on the cross. Oh. but. Even that impact doesn't take away his love. His love remains strong. So he, he gets his younger son all dressed up and into the feast, and then the other son comes. The other son comes back and he says, what's going on? And then he gets mad. You're having a party for him. He wasted your money. I've always been good. I've always done every single thing you've told me. but And you've never had a party for me. And the father says, but I've always been here. I've always loved you. That son was trying to earn the father's love or just making himself feel good. See, I'm doing the right thing. And there's a lot, I can tell you, probably before the, before my baptism in the Holy Spirit, I was a lot like that son. I, did everything I was supposed to do. I never did bad things. I, you know, my parents told me don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, and I did it. In in school we learned from the nuns, don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that, and I did it. But I never experienced the real explosion of God's personal love for me until that chocolate milk got stirred up by the Holy Spirit. If you were here last week, you remember the chocolate milk. When the Holy Spirit stirred up that chocolate milk in my heart, I knew that God loved me. And I knew he loved me personally. And I knew he was always there. And I knew no matter what happened, he was at my side. He's right here, right now, you know. <laughs> and let me tell you how much I try to tell my, my little grandchildren that God loves you. God's everywhere. Well, one t- day I was talking about Jesus with them. We're talking about God. And I look over at the one, and he's like this. And I'm saying, I said, Desmond, what are you doing? He goes, well, God's everywhere. I'm just hugging him. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, every now and then, stop what you're doing. And just hug God. He's there. He's available. And he wants a hug from you. And he wants to give you a hug in return. I hope you all go home this evening, and for every moment of the rest of your life, you remember that. You are so special to God. And you know not just you, but the people you pray for, the people you're concerned about, the people that you maybe maybe you know people who are far from God. Remember the prodigal son was far from God too. God's love is still on that person, even if that person's not turned around towards him yet. And we're going to pray, and we all do pray, that people will come to recognize that. And that's what one of the things that we hope with the with this baptism of the spirit with this seminar that you will come if come to open yourself up to God or renew yourself again in God's love or deepen yourself in God's love to be able to say, God, I want to come deeper and deeper into your heart of love. And then I want you to be in my heart, too. Always, it's all about love. And and what I want to do now is, I have a little demonstration. It's on the floor here. If you can't see, stand up. I have a bunch of jars down here. Old peanut butter jars, old jelly jars, old spaghetti sauce jars, who knows what they are. But a bunch of jars. This might look like, looks like a, um, a bag of Carolina rice. It's not. It's God's love. Now, you you have to excuse me because I told you that God's love is infinitely beyond infinite, right? It's constant. It's always overflowing. Guess what? I can't do always. So we have a, 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 a bag of rice that has an end to it. But we do have another bag. Last time, oh, wait a minute. Anthony's going to do it? Yes. Oh, Anthony, let me tell you, last time my husband did this with me, uh, he needed stitches. <laughs> he, he needed a big Band-Aid, let me tell you. He needed a big Band-Aid. So I'm going to hand this to Romanus. You're going to hold a bag of rice right over those jars, because this is God's love pouring down on people. Now, Oh, wait a minute. You're going to Oh, I'm going to need stitches. Okay. Cut the bottom of it. Go ahead, just cut the bottom of it and let God's love love. There we go. Let's see what happened. This little person was turned on his side. He wasn't looking up to God. He wasn't asking God for anything. He was not accepting anything of God. He might be one of those people who said, you know, I just can't get to God. or. I've sinned, and God doesn't want me. Here's another person. Didn't get any God's love. You know why? Um, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to open up. I want to be in control of my life. This is why we don't see it out there. This person got four or five grains of God's love because this person only opened the lid a little bit. Sometimes we block God's love, and there might be times—you know—we might not do it constantly, but there might be times when we say, "Ah, uh, I want—I want to do something my way, God," and for a minute, I'm not going to let you let you in, and that's what happens. Whoa! Somebody took the lid off the jar, opened up to God, and look what happened! Look what happened! And this one was facing up to God, but forgot to take his lid off. <laughs> so I want you to remember that fact God's love is constantly being poured out upon us. I want you to think about this. Think about, get a picture of Niagara Falls in your head. Got a picture of Niagara Falls in your head? You know what? God's love is so much more than Niagara Falls. When he pours out his love upon us, which is constant, his love makes Niagara Falls look like a dripping faucet. Right? And God's love is so burning inside of him. He burns with fire, passion for you, with a passion for you. His burning passion for you is so great that it makes those wildfires in California look like an ember that's about to go out, right? You know those wildfires that look so enormous to us? That's nothing compared to God's love for each and every one of you. You don't have to earn it, you don't have to to do something special. You don't have to do anything. It's unconditional. And the only way you need, the only thing you need to do really is open up and say, God, I want it. I want your love. I don't know how to open up. Show me how to open up. Show me what blocks. Show me how I block you from coming. Give me your Holy Spirit so I can know I can know that your love is inside of me. I want the Holy Spirit to stir me up. And that's, that's pretty much what we want to talk about tonight. God's love.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us, Ginny. God's love is such an important topic, and yet it's one that I don't think we talk about enough. I think if more people realized how much God loved them, They wouldn't be so angry all the time. I think so many people in this world are starving for love and they don't know that God has so much love available and all they need to do is be open to it. Thank you again. We have all seen God working in our lives. However, we might not all be aware it is God who is working in our lives. This is why it's so important we start talking about it more. The more we share our experiences, the more people understand how God works and how much He truly loves us. If you would be willing to share any of your experiences of how God has worked in your life, please email me at Catherine at com, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at com or you can click on the link below. It won't take up much of your time, and your story could be just the story someone needs to hear today. Please prayerfully consider sharing your story. Everyone has one, and the world needs to hear them. I look forward to spending time with you again tomorrow. Remember, Jesus loves you, and so do I. I will have another witness for you next Wednesday. Have a blessed day!